Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for your buddy Scooter, who's here. Pa- you know, I'm here because of you, patrons. So let's just let's just put, put you know that's why I'm here. Uh, so what do you say we get out with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep with Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep we do is a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'm going to do the rest and what i'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake it could be things you know whatever it is if it's things on your mind that you're thinking about so whatever's keeping your thoughts uh, things on your mind from the past present or future or just there what, you know, calculations. Holy cow! Calculations, stay. Calculations and calculators. Stay out of my bed, please. There's somewhere out there. There's a heartbroken, hopefully a scientific calculator that said, "Scoots, I thought we had something," and I say, "Yeah, in in proper context, but not in my bed." Well, I'm a. I, I don't know, Scoots. I thought I was a solar calculator. Are you one of those solar calculators that works like? Uh, Here's another technology I'll have to explain to my daughter, and she'll laugh hysterically. But actually, let's come back to that because one of the, holy cow, talk about how come there's are there any um how come there are now tons of like journals like uh, like long form articles glorifying solar calculators, and you'll understand why. I, I'm beginning to uh, like there was that movie about the electric car. Before this current generation of electric electric cars. And I'm beginning to wonder if they weren't looking in the wrong place, you see. Who forgot to glorify the solar calculator? Well, it won't be me. When people, one day when they look back at underrated things uh, we never appreciated. You say, Scoots, didn't you just say that you don't want any calculators in your bed? And it sounds like you... um turned down a, like some sort of uh, relationship with calculator. Was it a sentient calculator or just one you're projecting meaning onto? Well, of course it was, of course it was proje- I was proje- projecting it onto there because uh, anyway, there's new lists. So if your thoughts are keeping you awake, hopefully we'll get back to the solar calculators. Uh, uh, thoughts keeping you awake, it could be uh, feelings, anything emotionally coming up for you. It could be physical sensations. It could be your schedule, your family, uh, whatever it is that's keeping you awake. I'd like to take your mind off of that and keep you company while you fall asleep. And I have a certain method, like we kind of use for sleep with me. Is it, I guess kind of use is a, the best way to do. So here's what I'm thinking I'm going to do, or here's what I normally do every episode. But I guess when I say here's what I'm thinking. See if this will work for you if you're new. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. So a voice that you're hearing, not not traditionally a soothing voice, but a voice that may soothe. It's more of to distract you. So I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm using lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders. I mean, we just got one with a superfluous tangent in there. And those are kind of things that you, you use, all, you know, oh, filler words, 
unformed sentences, a lot of different tangents, all that stuff to keep you company while you fall asleep. Now, if you're new, a couple of things I want to run by here or to make you aware of. Uh, this is one, a podcast you don't really listen to. It's a podcast you barely pay attention to. It's just kind of there in the background. And you're kind of listening. And you're saying, solar calculators. I think I saw one of those. Uh, or some of you are saying, I remember those. Uh, you know, you, like they would work as soon as you opened them up in almost any light. And they also had a battery. And that was like 1984 or 1991 or 1978. I don't know what year it was, but what, it could have been one of those years. And suddenly you're saying to yourself, wait a second, Scoots might have a point there. Those, cal- those calculators worked. That's undisputed. Some of the, okay, but if we're getting into SAT questions, some of those calculators worked uh, that I remember. So that's the kind of logic that you say, huh, well, it's not faulty logic. It's, 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 uh, I wouldn't call it traditional logic either. I would call it logic. Is, is there something called like logic like or logic esque? No. Okay. Well, that's the kind of logic I have to propose that. Uh, so it, it's a podcast that is like uh, just out of focus. So you kind of li- kind of barely listen to it. I think I said that. Then the other thing is this podcast doesn't really put you to sleep. It just it's just here to keep you company, and it's this weird kind of keeping you company. It's a like just like these calculators. I'll hopefully talk about like talk about a tree falling in the woods. Those calculators were always ready to go when you. I mean, and and again, very much like sleep with me. You just kind of barely needed them, at least for me. I know there's people out there, and. Uh, Holy cow, I'm thankful for you that are good at calculations. I have dyslexia, so it never been my forte. But, you know, uh, like I always say, my forte, will forte, but uh, not calculators. Will forte using a calculator? I'd like to see that. I think that would be pretty entertaining. Or will forte walking around. Will forte, calculations of will forte. Uh, That could be when he does a speaking tour one day. That also rhymed unintentionally. So, oh, I'm not really here to put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company while you drift off. That's why the shows are over an hour. So you have plenty of time. You say, oh, no rush to fall asleep and no pressure to listen. So that's like different than most podcasts. So I'm not sure how to feel. And I say, totally understandable. This podcast is very different. And with most sleep stuff, if you come here skeptical or doubtful or not even sure, that's a normal way to arrive at sleep with me. And for your first listener, too, it can be a little bit, not jarring, but uh, if there was a softer version of that, a little bit, uh, you say, well, I'm kind of confused. And I say, well, that sounds like you're in the right place. But most regular listeners say, give the show two or three tries before you give up on it. Uh, just because that's how long it takes to say, oh, wait, I don't listen. Oh, wait, the show never, it's always started and it never starts at the same time. Okay, just like that, cal- the solar calculator. Also, so, Scoot says stuff like makes associations that probably aren't associated like that. Uh, you see, you say, yeah, it's like forced, not a forced metaphor, but. Uh, I'm putting square, you know, for metaphor, not even metaphor, when, not even metaphorically. I take meta, square metaphors and put them in round holes all the time. 
you know, that's how I, that's how I organize my metaphors. Then I can never get them out. I say that metaphor stuck in there. And I say, cause it's a square metaphor in a round hole. I say, well, it's a cubby. That's my metaphor cubby. It's a metaphorical cubby. No, it's real. It's uh, made from made from, I mean, it's real in my imagination. It's imagine it's ima- it's real in my imagination. So it's not a metaphor. I don't think, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, you're right. I did shove, and there are round metaphors and square holes. So those are a little bit easier to get out and don't even get to get into my octagonal metaphors and my triangular ones. Cause they're jammed up. Oh boy. I'll be here all day. Luckily I just invented something new Met- metaphor, metaphor, lub- lubricant, uh, it, it lubricates your metaphors, uh, and also metaphors can drink it, which is like after out metaphor after hours, my new book, holy cow, I just thought of five ideas in one or metaphors after dark. I guess it would go metaphors after hours would be the, the like 10 PM time slot. And then the 12 AM one would be metaphors after dark or maybe not. Maybe it goes the other way. Uh, anyway. Where was I? Oh, don't let really listen to me. Give it a few tries. Structurally, this can really throw people off. And I try to talk about it a lot because I feel like, well, I guess if you, if you have a strong reaction to this podcast, you're like, uh, it's just not going to work for you. But we really haven't changed anything in the structure of the show in many, many years. So here's how the show goes. It starts off with a greeting. So you feel welcome, seen, and invited in. Then there's business. Uh, there's uh, businesses supporting the listeners. There's our sponsors and our, our show support. And support when we support community or causes. So all that's at, the be- that's at the beginning. Then there's the intro. So you get like a minute of tease, like the greeting. Then a few minutes of business uh, uh, and sponsor stuff. Then about 16 to 20 minutes of intro. And I'll come back to the intro. Then there's business, like another four or five minutes of business. And then tonight we'll talk about the Mandalorian. And then there's thank yous at the end of the show. So that's a structure show. The intro, sometimes, I don't know, like, uh, I guess some people probably listen. Then they fa- try to fast forward through the intro and they kind of realize that then they get frustrated because the intro goes on and on and on. Then they get to the business and then. So, so some people are like, oh, this show is just like 20 minutes of business. And it's like, no, uh, or why is there a 20 minute intro in it? Like a 70 minute podcast. And I say, well, that's what I'm here to explain right now. So the intro is a way for me to introduce new people to the show, uh, and get you comfortable. But for regular listeners, it gives in, in new listeners, but sometimes you have to pay, you know, you listen the first few times, but for regular listeners, it helps them wind down. It helps them leave the day behind, give them some distance, gives them something familiar to hear, but it's different every time so that, that your brain bots or whatever's keeping you awake can't quite adjust. So the intro is different every time, but it kind of has the same general feel. So you say, well, I can kind of barely listen because I know it's going to be kind of familiar, but kind of different. So some listeners like start getting ready for bed during the intro. Some listeners are in bed getting comfortable or drifting off. Some listeners are doing some other relaxing activity. Some people start listening in the middle of the night when they wake up. Some people listen all night long. About 3% of people start the show at 20 or 22 minutes and listen there. 
and that gets you kind of closer at the beginning of the Mandalorian talk tonight. And then some people support the show on Patreon. They get story-only episodes. So it's kind of like as you become a regular listener, you say, oh, okay, well, I like to, you know, pet my pets and, you know, whatever, play a game of solitaire with real cards, and then I go to sleep while I'm listening to the intro. And that, so that's kind of the intro. And then, yeah, the, so so it, it does, for new people, it may be like, when's this podcast start? And I say, well, it's a sleep podcast. So... It kind of is always starting and never starting, like I said earlier, at the same time. So that's that. The other things I want you to know if you're new or if you're a regular listener or if you're, you know, your sleep is important to me because you deserve a good night's sleep. You really do. You deserve a place you can rest. You deserve some relief from the day. You deserve a bedtime where you can, bedtime where you actually feel neutral about it or you look forward to it versus dreading it like I have in the past. And if you get some sleep and some rest, you could, you know, your, your life's more manageable and maybe you could be out there in the world flourishing. And any of those things makes the world a better place to be in. So that's important. It's important for your, your world to be more habitable. You know what I mean? And that's important to me. And the other reason, the reason, one of the reasons is important to me, other than that's just a fact, uh, is that I've been there dreading bedtime or waking up, all those things. So, so I know how it feels, uh, those desperate feelings that can come up or other feelings or the feelings during the day. So that's another reason why it's important to me. So that's why I make the show. And then I guess I was going to talk about this. So here's the thing, because we, we have a pretty b- giant diversity of listeners. I just want to talk about these calculators and just try to parse this out. So once upon a time, when I, at some point when I was in, probably in high school, no, I guess grammar, I don't know, sometime in the 80s, so grammar school or whatever they call it, elementary grade school, they came out with these calculators that were solar-powered, but just like they have now, like they say, hey, you got your house is solar-powered. But these things actually worked. I mean, I don't know what the first or second generation was, but by the t- well, here's the thing: they were, co- as far as I remember, they were un- unbelievably low cost, the same cost as regular calculator, and these calculators worked uh, even with just fluorescent lights in your classroom. They would work right away because a lot of times they had it. You'd open it up; it had like a leatherette thing, or it had a button. Some had a battery and the the solar power thing, and other ones only had the solar power thing. And I realized at first this could be ridiculous, but and I mean this is the kind of thing that why I make sleep with me. But pause for a second. You know the the whole thing with solar, the promise of solar energy, right? And I know we're getting there, but it's been this dream, like solar powered house, and then you you know you that your house is like kind of self sufficient with the sun, and you got battery to store it or whatever. And then you got solar-powered other stuff, uh, but we don't have a lot of other stuff that's solar-powered. Uh, but you see, why, like, how the heck did they have, like, it's always this one thing. It's like, why was only the calculator? I think they probably had solar-powered watches. I don't know why those didn't take off. I mean, I guess it would have needed a battery, and maybe the battery technology wasn't there. But it just seemed like this perfect product. It actually worked all almost all the time, even in dim light. Uh, 
I mean, am I just like uh, out here on my own or is anybody else like that was so impressive? And even as a kid, I felt like I was using like, like, like I said, okay, we don't have lasers uh, really or, you know, flying cars or whatever, hover bikes or hover shoes. But you see, wow, I got this solar thing. And maybe that's why then everybody was like, why the heck aren't all our houses solar powered? So I don't know. I mean, it just makes me, it makes me wow, wow, wonder why. Uh, also, like I said, as great as calculators are, uh, even the one that was, uh, you know, flirting with me earlier or whatever, you know, keep them out of bed. Keep your calculators out of bed. I mean, unless you get, like, if that's a thing. I mean, if that's a thing for you, awesome. Holy moly. I mean, I, I guess I'm starting to wonder. Now my back's sweating. You say, well, one plus one equals two. The two of us here, see, it's right here on this calculator, my dear. And then I think you can put, like, words in, in there. Like, maybe you could put love. Uh, if you had a Roman, numer- Roman, no, Roman numeral calculator, you definitely could. Or like one of those scientific ones, but I like uh, I never got that far uh, in math uh, to get to the scientific calculator. Or if I did, I said, "Well, I don't know if I'm gonna." Anyway, so whatever your calculation is, give the show a few tries. I really hope it can help you. I really hope I can take your mind off stuff and help you fall asleep. I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming by. I work really hard. I yearn and I strive. So thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to bring you the show twice a week. Thanks. All right, everybody. It's, it's Scoots here. And we're talking about... Now, I guess this is... I, I'm always like comfortable revealing my imperfections and lack of knowledge and my uh, inability to grasp what penta-ultimate means. Because then I say, well, isn't it penta is five, right? So does, why do, is one questions that I could have easily answered before I started recording, but they didn't come up till I sat down and hit record. One, does pent-ultimate mean second to last? Uh, two, if it, it, I guess it would be penta-ultimate uh, if it was the fifth, ultimately the fifth episode of the season. That doesn't make any sense. You say penta-ultimate uh, is ultimate last, so penta and it would be before last, uh, before the last, I guess is technically what it, ultimate. Oh, it, I'm not joking or doing this for effect. That's the first time I've processed a word in this way. So that would explain why I was having such trouble. Like, oh, oh ultimate means last episode. And when it's used in this context of the season, penultimate, oh, because you say penultimate is the episode of the full of the second season. So it could mean the episode before the before last. I mean, maybe that's what it means. Because uh, I always said, what in the heck when they say that? Uh, you say penta-ultimate, fifth. I'm trying to do basic basic math in my head. And it's getting, I said, well, how does that mean? Does that mean it's the ninth episode? That's really what I said. Like I said, and I said, no, this episode didn't have 10 seasons. So this could be considered the penta-ultimate, if that's, but I don't know. Pentalobe, isn't that a, that's like a, the screwdriver you use if you got to fix your iPhone, right? I think that's penta, though. Pentultimate is just pent, like P-E-N-T, I'm like pent up uh, before up. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, pent up means before I, uh, steam comes out my ears. Wow, we're learning here tonight. Whoa, boy. 
And not only that, we're talking about season two, episode seven, maybe the penultimate episode, chapter 15, though. If you're going just by chapters, it's just chapter 15. Okay, I hear you asking, Scoots, could you give us that in Roman numerals? Um, so you'd go XV, right? A, a chapter XV, 10, 5. Because uh, IV is so 4. Oh, no, so that'd be 10 minus 5. Oh, no, if it was XVX, uh, I don't think there is VX. I think XV is right, maybe. I don't know. But let's do our run through here. We see them off. Razor Crest goes bye bye. Uh, first, you get the plus symbol. Uh, then you have them off. You got something I want. Oh, this was really good, though. If, you, if you're really into the show, like I am, uh, you see, like you, you get this callback that I didn't even realize till I did the watch the recap before, when I was doing my notes. You have something I want means to me more than you will ever know. Moff Gideon at the start, you know, uh, whatever, earlier this season or last season. Oh, at the penultimate episode last season, I think. Uh, then we see Oso going flying with the, um, the, the dark troopers. Yeah, Oso out previously. Uh, I already lost my spot here. Child in care. Oh, the child's gone. Till his return safely, we're in your debt. Uh, take off. Uh, previously on Mandalorian, child's gone. Oh, okay. Hit rewind, I guess. Uh, nod from uh, then Caradun, Marshal of the Republic. Let me throw you your badge. Rotate. Ro- can you rotate or locate Migs Mayfeld? 50 years in the Carson Chop Fields. Uh, then we could flash back to that episode with uh, Miggs, Mayfeld, and uh, Mando getting the best to him. That's an episode I got to rewatch. I really liked that episode. Uh, I mean, talk about a standalone episode. That's it gets as standalone as you could stand alone. Like the cheese stands alone. That episode could stand alone. Okay, now, oh, then you get the Lucasfilm and the Star Wars, goes to black. It went to black for a while, 50 years, Mando, Matt, Migs, sound effects. Oh, it was so black for so long, I I didn't forget that it starts with the Lucasfilm Star Wars thing. So I was, like, listening for sound effects. I said, is something coming? Is this a ship going to fly by? But it was uh, the Lucasfilm thing. Then we see, we do see a ship, a big prison ship. Then we see junk, we see walkers, we see droids. Uh, prisoner 34667, what? Uh, oh, should we do it this way like we did last time? Let's do that. Well, I'll read a couple pages from my notes, and then we'll go through some sequences. Descend and receive. Uh, I'm busy. Salute Marshal Dune. Rewind or something. Let's go. Follow Marshal Dune. Three seconds to summer, or three seconds to comply. Three seconds to comply with summer. If I was, like, that's when, back when I rode that horse, uh, that's what I would say. When I rode a horse named Summer, that has nothing to do with this episode, or five seconds of summer. Where are you taking me? Letter, camera, curtsy. That definitely doesn't say that. But that's what it looks like. Where are you taking me? Letter, camera, curtsy. Stops when he sees Boba, all painted. Boba's all painted up. Uh, re, 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 uh, refurb. Boba went through a refurb, or Boba's armor did. Or Fett, uh, 
thought you were uh, somebody else. Music. Oh, boy. Mayfeld. Hey, Mando. Uh, Lartime. Why am I so lucky? Imperial sleeves. Uh, protocols. Imperial clearances and protocols. I knew that's what that said. Action music. Mayfeld looking back site title. Chapter 15, The Believer. This is a really good title, too, because uh, it it goes deep. You say, hmm, which believer does this refer to? And this is embarrassing. I said, is that a song by the Monkees or the Beatles or someone else? Uh, Like, because I feel like I'm left. How how many lyrics could I get wrong in that song? Left out of my mind. Is that it? Uh, Wouldn't Believer is something. I don't know. Uh, because speaking of which in this episode then we saw Mando's face and then I was a believer oh boy take off music take off and rotate Moff Gideon as his kid oh the little green guy Morak lots of looks exchanged in the cabin felt or fet oh no fet last name basis question mark question mark question mark uh, copy that, uh, Morak, uh, felt internal scan, Rhydonium, volatile and explosive like this one, Fett does not, Fett no like it, that, that, that was referring to Mayfeld's comments, platform, go in quiet, clear look, green valleys, closer look, g- green valleys, get to the roof, XISB. Nope, uh, wanted by the ISB. Mando scouts ship fast talking, no going alone. Say goodbye to your little green friend. Won't be showing with my face. Uh, Juggernaut 5, Dune drops in and out. All right, so let's see what we actually see. So we see the prison ship going in, or I think it's a prison ship from last season. X-Wing getting lifted by a Walker Crane, Sparky Sparks, and people working the scrapyard. Carthon Chop Fields are chopping up a scrap. Then we have kind of a guard droid walks slowly, very, very, very gentle walking. Mayfeld, they must have, he's up on a box. He's standing on a box in three, four, six, whatever, six, six, seven. What, what, what? Uh, three, four, six, six, seven. Descend and receive new instructions. He's got goggles. I don't know if he was using them. And Mayfeld's in wor- work outfit. At least they have nice, comfortable work outfits. Uh, and he has some sort of light up uh, monitor on him. Cara Dune shows up. She says, yeah, I'm remanding 34667. Affirmative. The The droid also has uh, the, what is it called? The alliance uh, thing. What is she, a marshal from what? Oh, the Republic. Uh, then they say, get moving with her. Mayfeld's kind of being rebellious. Then he gets reminded, hey, get moving, please. So he's like, yeah, where, are you gonna, where, where are you taking me, yo? And, um, common courtesy to tell me where we're going. Oh, common courtesy. I thought I, that's what I thought. Common courtesy. And we have Fennec and Boba. Boba's like, yeah, Boba's all not shiny. He's very matte. Uh, thought you were the other guy. Mando comes down. Mayfeld smiled, wiped right off his face. He says, uh, 
Great weather, too, or, or, or factory smoke in this background. Hey, Mando. Can't even look him in the eye. Long time. What are you here for? And they said, we've been a lot of rules to come get you. Why am I so lucky? Because you're Imperial. Yeah, that was a long time ago. You know, the clearances and protocols, right? Uh, hmm. The stare down between uh, everybody. Get on board, punk. He's thoughtful, looks back. Hmm, what should I do here? Sighs and climbs on board. Then the intro starts. Uh, then they take off um, slowly. And we get into the ship. It's rotating in this cool way. I don't know if the toy did that, but uh, it's hypnotic. We need the coordinates for Moff Gideon's cruiser. No chance of that, buddy. Just leave me here. And they say, he's got the kid. Oh, the green guy? Little green guy. Yeah, little green guy. So you, you, we need you to figure out where it is. Uh, he goes, well, okay, you going to let me go? No, no, no. We'll give you a better view. What's in it for me, he says. Uh, he rubs his thighs. Huh. You can't just get those coordinates. i got to get a terminal. Uh, there's one on Morak. Uh, I say, Morak, there's nothing there. He goes, yeah, it's a mining hug, hub, secret uh, mining hub. Get me in there. I'll get the coordinates. So the Fett, uh, he calls up Mando. Fett, get on to the uh, Imperial, you know, Morak. If you're, weren't you listening in? No, let's listen to a podcast. Let's go. Uh, Fett's done a scan of the planet. He goes, yeah, this is the base, the refinery, eh? Yeah, wonder what they're refining in there. Rhydonium, volatile and explosive. That's where uh, Mayfeld makes a joke. Fett does not appreciate it at all. Just stares right at him. Yeah, they got anti-aircraft cannon, security forces. So we're going to have to go in quiet, Mando says. Get a closer look. So then they head in. Another nice-looking planet. Very green. Got some... Uh, then we see like a what turns out to be a dreadnought or something. They're kind of look, looking at it through their scopes. It's going into a tunnel. Mayfeld says, I just got to get in there quick and get it out. Uh, and then Boba Fett says, all right, I'll pick you up at the roof. Uh, we'll swap. Every, and then they say, okay, we'll swap out the drivers. Uh, but uh, it's ISB watched. So uh, we can't bring uh, Cara Dune because she's on the New Republic Register. You're going to be detected. So then you see some tension between the two of them. Kind of uh, then Shane says, no, I'm wanted by an ISB. Fett, I'm a, a clone, so no dice. Mayfeld solo, they say, that's not going to work. Uh, you're not trustworthy. Mando looks at the cab and he says, oh, well, they're wearing helmets. Uh, I'll go. They go, yeah, how am I going to explain you in your suit? And he goes, uh, he doesn't answer, actually. He goes, are you going to take your helmet off? Uh, otherwise, I'll go in alone. And Mando says, you're not going alone. Coming with you. Everybody exchanges looks again, but I ain't showing my face either. Then we see the big rig, five wheels on each side, so ten wheels on this big rig. You see the drivers, Juggernaut 5, going into Tunnel T-12. You're clear. Juggernaut 4 already went through it. They jump down on the roof, uh, three of them. And uh, 
Yeah, they go in, they hop down. Mando or somebody, oh, Caradun gets on there, takes it, takes him out uh, with authority, stops the driving. A lot of muddy, muddy things. They change into the things. Mayfield doesn't like it. The guy whose clothes he's taken were sweaty. And Mando comes out of the darkness dressed as a, like, a Imperial driver. Not quite a stormtrooper, but close. And, uh, Dune gets a laugh, says, yeah. He goes, just take out the rooftop gunners. We'll get out of here. We got your back. He gives her his armor. Keep an eye on this stuff. Keep it safe. I will. And then Mayfeld says, all right, we got to get moving here. Uh, what would they say on Mandalore, Mando? And Mayfield's still kind of goofy talking. Yeah, you guys send us such a sunny disposition, he says to Dune. Then he tries, Mayfield's driving, he tries to figure out all the controls. Okay, here we go. Starts it up, starts it, start it up, as they say. The 10 wheels on the big rig and get going, very muddy. Kind of see another kind of thing, which is common from video games of like, don't rock the boat video games. Mayfeld tries to make talk. What's it like? Uh, I mean, like uh, being in a different helmet. Uh, and he's like, I'm taking my helmet off. I don't like helmets. Uh, I don't know how people wear them. And he goes, well, yeah, like you, like Mandalorians. I don't know how you do it. Mando's quiet. He's not taking the bait yet. They keep rolling. Then we see Shand keeping an eye on things. Uh, She's not, you know, you get the sense, okay, she's a, one of our security blankets. She says, fat phase one complete, get ready. He's fat standing by. Big Rig keeps rolling. Mayfeld's thoughtful and driving. He does keep his, his eyes mostly on the road. Because it feels better with the helmet off. Uh, why don't you try it? He's very smarmy. Uh, but, you know, you can see underneath... Uh, so he's saying, huh, well, he makes this argument. We've all had this argument, especially in 2020, with different people about different subjects. Uh, they go through, they see the remnants of another big rig. Juggernaut 4, somebody is running hot, slow it down. 3, hit a couple bumps. Uh, Mandalorian says, don't even think about it. Just keep driving steady, get us to the refinery. And they keep riding, little bumpy. They go through this town or village, and you see, oh, wait a second, this is the Empire still colonizing, and Mayfeld honks the horn and slows down, and you see the townspeople, uh, and they say, man, uh, really not doing a lot of good for us here. Uh, And Mando even makes eye contact with a young person. I mean, he has his helmet on, and kid really glares at him. Mayfeld says, yeah, no difference, uh, colonists or colonists. Uh, and they keep driving. We see the townspeople still walking, and then he says, oh, I'm just saying, you know. Some are ruling, some are rulers. He goes, look at the Mandalorians. Uh, you're going to be a tool or a rule? He goes, yeah, you get one thing if you're on Mandalore, one thing on your own Alderaan. He goes, yeah, but none of that it matters anymore, man. He shrugs his shoulders. I'm a realist, a survivor, fan of the show and of doing it. Uh, 
Mandalorian, he goes, rule like Mandalorian, Mandalorian goes, no, we're not. Uh, he goes, well, you change the rules when you want. You know, you put it, you took your helmet, you can't take your helmet off. You put a different helmet on, which is a rule. Like, uh, no helmet or no face, uh, which one? Cause there's a di- big difference. And I say, are you my uncle? Like, I think I've, or an aunt, you know, I've had this conversation with, uh, my cut, you know, cause everybody's got their lines until they have to change them. As far as I'm concerned, if you can sleep better at night, you're doing better than most. Uh, then they say, okay, we're getting some root interference, but let's hop back to my notes again. Uh, see, Juggernaut 5, Doom drops in, takes him out, Mud Wheels, Mando, Undercover, we got you. Take care of this, keep it safe, Muddy Wheels. Uh, what would they say on Mandalore? Ten wheels on a big rig. Mando ices Mayfeld, long tunnel, out of tunnel. Fennec eyes on, music double exclamation point. Phase one complete copy. Feels better when it's off. Imperial damage. Running hot, don't worry. Drive steady. Horn on. Town of people. Mayfeld talks rules. I'm just a real realist, a survivor just like you. Rule change, route interference. Uh, st- study by re- buy of rewrite. Uh, J4, oh, by, stand by for reroute. J4, Juggernaut 4, out. Proceed with caution. Juggernaut 3, out. Pirates, 1 down. Uh, goes on roof, 2 down. And then I move to uh, how to defeat uh, uh, freedom fighters. Uh, like, uh, unfortunately, that you call pirates uh, in, uh, let me see how many steps. In 24 steps. Uh, so that was step one. Take one. Have Mando take one down from the roof. Uh, uh, take two down. Or no, one down. I don't even think he went on the roof. I think he leaned out the window. Then two down. Three. Step three. Drive slow. Uh, step four. Yell at uh, somebody. Step five. More trouble. Four more on the roof. Uh, 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 hit one with a nerf dart. Uh, step six, your nerf, nerf darts. This is a game called freedom fight, freedom fighter or, uh, not, you know, or taking my freedom. Uh, so step six, your, your nerf gun, gun jams, uh, your nerf toy jams, uh, send somebody overboard anyway with your staff, with a staff, uh, Seven, fly over, fly over, fly? Oh, flip over. So flip somebody else over. Step eight, javelin time, and someone goes overboard. That's a six down. Nine, drive fast. Uh, Ten, skiff number three. Uh, Eleven, find out the faster's not good. Twelve, duck. Uh, uh, 12 duck, so somebody gets knocked off. Uh, so it's kind of like a balance game they're playing now. 13, baseball. Uh, use a baseball method to get somebody off. Uh, uh, alarms, uh, takedown. 14, flip, fell, oh boy. 15, stuck, oh, trouble by. 
head back, but oh, head back, head butt, head butt backwards, uh, then flip them, then do like kind of like a round spin kick, uh, then detractor throw, oh, detonator throw. Uh, step 17, you got to stop for a second. Step 18, more skiffs. Also, my side hurts. Uh, action music. Uh, step 19, take a de- deep breath. Uh, get up. Five more skiffs are coming. Step 20, get ready. Oh, TIE fighters came. Step 21, Mayfeld cheers. Uh, step 22, roll into the den of the Empire. Groan. Not from the Empire, but from, you know, Mando groans from all the work he did. 23, lots of salutes. Uh, uh, Fennec and uh, uh, Dune are impressed. Uh, 24, giddy heroes welcome. Cheers, glory of the Empire. Uh, find a tunnel act, cook. Officer's mess, my handwriting. Street fan. Number two is, oh, then we do, we have another go through. But that's our first 24 uh, step plan, but not our last uh, plan of the episode. Okay, so this is Mayfeld, then they're looking for the reroute. Some poofy poofs uh, in the sky, fireworks even. Juggernaut 4, stop to look at the fireworks. You're supposed to get the rhodonium there without going over into the red zone. Rerouting course, uh, it's challenging. Juggernaut 3, also looking at fireworks. Uh, so now you got to get there. Go around. Oh boy, that's when the skiffs are coming. So this is a video game, I think, a simulation. One jumps on. What in the hay? Mando looks in the rear view camera. Pirates. Uh, you ever see the movie Ice Pirates? No, Scooter saw it when he was a kid, but he hasn't seen it since then. One person jumps, Mando stops him with a Nerf dart. Then he goes on the roof. I think it looks like he leaves the window. Oh no, the window's auto window. It closes on its own. Mando hops up there. Uh, person's looking, Mando takes him out with a Nerf dart. That's two. Oh, and a whole skiff goes out because of the uh, detonator. But the juggernaut goes into the red zone. Mayfeld has to slow down, gets it in the green zone. He says, I wish you would have left me behind. Mando is about to go back to the cab when he sees uh, two more skiffs. And they say, yeah, let's mess this, mess with this. Uh, one, two, three, four people drive. So four, uh, four dancers, and one right off uh, by Mando. That's when his Nerf gun jams, uh, throws it, does a dance uh, with one person, and manages to uh, remove him off the front. Then he gets hit from behind and on the side, but then catches it and does a little flippy-poo. That guy goes by, by, gets off the ship willingly. And then the Mando does a javelin. That we get all those gone. So six, uh, he says, pick it up, drive faster. Mayfeld, holy moly. Mayfeld tries to pick it up. Uh, they're still coming. Four more in a skiff. They pick, they hit the gas. 
alarm's going off because the Rhydonium's, you know, faster's not going to work, Mando. So we figure out a new plan. Next four, hop on. Mando, I guess they don't realize they're dealing with the Mandalorian because, uh, so he goes two on one. Takes a little bit of effort. Then it's three on one. But he does some ducks, a uh, uh, couple butts, a couple flips, a couple turns, serious action. Another person comes, does a shoulder thing. Uh, then does that guy, doesn't quite fall off. So that's when Mando does a reverse headbutt. And they're kind of in a bit of trouble because uh, they're pretty close uh, with the thermal uh, thingamajig. You guys said it to less. Dude goes, everybody off the skiff. Uh, they're like, we're tangling with this Mandalorian. One person looks like they have um, yarn, like some sort of uh, like rebel yarn thing. But Mando deals with that, deals with the skiff one and skiff two. So that's it for them. Then you could see the rebel, uh, or oh, I guess it's Imperial base. I got to slow down. Can't cross at this speed. Then you see a bunch more. How many skiffs more? And they all have uh, one, two, they all have detonators, three, uh, four. Mando's side hurts. He's dealt with a lot already. You see an old rickety bridge they have to cross. And Mayfeld's going to have to slow down. Oh, five skiffs. Uh, Mando gets up, though. He's not afraid. I'm not scared. That's when the TIE fighters come. They start clearing the way. Uh, but then, like, a bunch of other uh, Empire people or whatever remnant remnants come. And we see Dune. And, yeah, they're in a couple different kinds of gear. And they're definitely... You know, they're doing it colony style, colonial, whatever, imperialists. Mando gets back in the cab. The base looks pretty rickety, like it's built into an old factory or whatever it is, a refinery. But this side of the refinery, it's built into a dam. Then they're getting all the salutes from everybody, even though Mayfeld doesn't have his helmet on. Most everybody else does. Uh, Luckily, I guess to drive one of these juggernauts, you got to be an officer. So they all get saluted. They roll into the like uh, the parking area. Everybody's cheering. Even the refinery workers with uh, everybody. Yeah, it's like a big party. They get out of the ship. Glory of the Empire. Whoopee woo woo. Way to go that you got this uh, unstable material in here. Nice job. People are clapping them on their backs. You see that the, a lot of the stormtroopers have worn down equipment. Some are shiny, but most of them are like the ones from the previous season. Like previous season, you see, well, these are, yeah, remnants for sure. You see some more officers uh, saluting them, maybe some water storage. And then Mayfeld says, okay, I see an ATM. That's what we got to really use. Uh, that's how the, we exchange secret messages. Is like an ATM. It's like a. It's like find my friends, but in an ATM, find my frenemies. Okay, so this is the next step plan. How many steps is it? Your good question. This is a 38, 38 step plan to get the, the address for find my frenemies and get out. 
access. So one is go into the officer's mat, uh, mess, uh, Mayfeld. Two, see my old jerk boss. Can't do it. Valen, Father Hess or something. Uh, Valen or Fallon, I said. Valen or Fallon Hess. Oh, yeah, like the truck. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's just forget the whole thing. No, we're too close. Uh, can't lose the kid. Uh, three, give me the data stick. Four, it's got to scan your face. So let's go. Give me the data stick. Step five, walk in slow like. Do a nod and salute to tense music. Step six, uh, something error. You got to take your holy helmet off. Uh, complete uh, downloading. Step seven, uh, if you're Mayfeld, pace around. Also, get interrupted by some officer in the officer's match mess that says trooper, and you try to say, yo, I'm at the ATM, man. Don't talk to people when they're at the ATM. That's like, a, no matter if you're in the galaxy now or far, far away, like I could be sending a message to my bay or something, like, uh, or getting out, I could try to remember my PIN number. Like, don't, it's like kind of like when you're like, uh, yeah, you, like there's other things that you start and then someone interrupts you in a public space and you say, well, now I can't go. Like, pee-pee, uh, or remember my ATM thing. Or, yeah, think, say, sorry, sweet, sweet cakes. This is old brown eyes calling. Uh, step 10. Oh boy, hey, you, pay attention. Uh, we'll get more of the details here, but you, then TK number, TK111, this is my, my buddy, I'm, I'm like Mayfeld covers it. Uh, he's hard of hearing. Step twelve, make something up. He's hard of hearing. We call him brown eyes. Uh, step thirteen, let's break. Oh, you're not dismissed. Uh, step fourteen, table talk. Table troopers delivered shipment only. Uh, success. Come with me. Let's get a drink, brown eyes. Uh, 15, branching scouts, uh, take out, oh, this is the, our team members, uh, scouting it out, uh, gotta take out those cannons later, no problem. By the way, what's taking so long? Well, it's step 16, let's have a toast, uh, let's toast something r- less rote. Uh, how about this, uh, Mayfeld passive aggressively to aggressively op- operation cinder and burning con uh, step 18, keep it going. A uh, whole city and everybody to five to 10,000. Well, they're all heroes. Uh, are you trying to get at something? Now, step 19. What about the mud scuffers that wanted freedom? Was it good for them? Well, we've outlasted them. I guess you don't like it when someone else is, you know, trying to bring relativity uh, to what you dislike, eh? We we can uh, create chaos. Uh, they think they want freedom, but they want order. Step 21, lots of looks exchanged. Step 22, open your arms and uh, officer out. Step 23, oh boy, gosh, gosh, my gosh. By the way, I never saw your face. Put your helmet on. Uh, step four, let's get out of this, uh, this uh, like clear out this mess all. Step 25, go out the windows. Uh, 
Step 26, this is where I wrote, damn, damn, because uh, they're on a dam. Step 27, our backup is sniping, that's good. Step 28, we're out. Uh, uh, step 29, climbing music. Uh, step 30, support in effect, exclamation point. Step 31, let's move. Uh, Step 32, let's catch a ride. Jump on board, everybody. Step 33, the base is out. Uh, Step 35, a surprise uh, to sleep at night. Step 35, uh, company, hang on. Step 36, let's drop one of those sonic depth charges. Step 37, yeah, that was good work. uh, step 38, thanks and good luck. Nice job and too bad uh, we lost track of you. Have, you know, hit the road, Jack. Can I go? I will. Okay, this would be step 40. Then step 41, what's our next move? Step 42, takeoff music. And then the, the secret message to Moff. So let's see, they go, this is, uh, so hop been back to the episode. Mayfeld goes in. Uh, sees Fallon Hess or whatever uh, talking at the table who looks up he bounces back out can't go in there old boss he's a jerk uh, V-A-L-I-N don't know if he'll recognize me but uh, can't take the chance it's all over no no well we can do it Mando says Uh, no we can't Uh, and he says I need those coordinates Uh, give me the stick no, it's not going to work, Mando. The boss is looking at them, and he says, you got to have your face scanned to get online. And he says, let's just leave. Uh, Mandalorian says, give it to me. Forget it. I go in there. So he walks in real slow, unsure, looks around, sees the ATM access terminal. The Valen Hess is, he gives a, a general salute, uh, but uh, Valen Hess is still watching him. Wonder if he's calling somebody. Maybe I should, you know, give him a hassle. Mando tries one shot without with his helmet on. The machine says, "Got to scan your face." Uh, so he does it. He takes it off, and we say, "Holy cow!" I say, "What was that? Bravos or somewhere else?" Uh, and he he gets it, facial scans complete, pops those cord, pops the data stick in, gets the info he needs. Uh, Mayfeld's pacing outside, and Mando's waiting. Buffer, you know, of course it's buffering. That's when that guy says, "Yo, you at the ATM are sending a message." He even stands up, says, "I'm talking to you." And Mandalorian says, you know, I'm trying to send my girlfriend a message or something. My kid, my green kid, pay attention. And he says, what kind of supervisor would interrupt somebody while they're at a machine? Really? I mean, they, they like talk about, uh, and he says, what's your TK number, son? Uh, I don't like you. Uh, he says, TK number, man. Why are you getting all technical? So I don't even know if you have, and he says, TK-593, uh, that's when uh, Mayfeld, I'm TK-111. He says, how'd you get TK-111? 
Because this guy, he lost pressure into Nab, so he can't hear. That's why I call him Brown Eyes. He says, what's your name? Uh, he raises his voice. Uh, he goes, yeah, we just call him Brown Eyes. I'm better at thinking up stuff on the spot. Uh, we got we to gotta go fill out our TPS reports. And that's when the dude says, not dismissed, of course. Uh, and boss walks around and says, come on, get a drink with me, Brown Eyes. And uh, he goes, you're the only two successful delivery drivers in the whole uh, out- outfit today. Wouldn't you just send them back out for another delivery? I don't know. But uh, he says, come on, let's have a seat. And May felt like you got to be kidding me, man. Same with Mandalorian is. So then we see the backup looking over the ledge, checking everything. There's even nice flowers. Uh, so they talk about their plan. Got to take this out. Uh, and uh, so don't worry. It shouldn't be a problem. Wonder what's taking so long. That's when Hess says, what are we going to toast to? He's got some sort of uh, liquid that is like a cloudy, clear liquid. You say, okay, something a little less rote. This guy thinks of himself as like a real know-it-all. Where are you from, Brown Eyes? Uh, and he goes, and then Mayfeld interrupts. How about Cinder, Operation Cinder? And the dude goes, yeah, I know, history. history. Mayfeld goes, well, no, history, I was there. Burning Khan. Oh, really? That was a tough day. Many unpleasant decisions I made. Probably how you ended up commanding a, uh, like an outpost in the middle of nowhere, by the way. Well, a whole division, and you're drinking during the day. No offense, buddy, but what kind of officer? <laughs> we find out. Oh, heroes of the Empire. This guy's a real believer in the Empire. We can see that uh, Mayfeld kind of is, you know, trying to figure out his belief system in some sense. Uh, Whatever more rel- whatever you call that relative, yeah. And he says, "Yeah, what about all those people that were there?" He goes, "Oh, well, that's what the you know Empire and the orders for mud scuffers uh, defending their houses uh, for freedom." And that's when the guy says, "It's not about freedom. It's about you know we cause chaos. People think they want freedom. We give them order." He goes, "Yeah, that's who we're getting stronger, buddy." And this Rydonium you delivered, uh, that's what we're going to use. Uh, so th- nice work of getting it delivered here. And then Mayfeld's like, oh boy, what did I do? He's got a tummy ache. Uh, you could see him. Uh, actually, it's really, I didn't realize how much of a facial, because when the volume's off, you really can see how much action's in their faces. So Mayfeld gets a double tummy ache as he processes this guy, Valen Hess, who's, uh, he's, he should be, he should be, uh, in the car, Carthon chop fields. He goes to, to the empire and Mayfeld goes, bye-bye. And then Mando goes, I can't believe you just did that. Mayfeld goes, I can't believe you just did that. Somebody just got a drink. He goes, bye-bye. Everybody goes, bye-bye. Mando goes, let's go out the windows. Everybody starts coming, going here. Uh, I never saw your face. Let's do this. Uh, so everybody says, up oh, security to main commons. Uh, so then they say, okay, we got to go out. Let's go out this window. 
Mando, uh, they kick out the, one of the doors right at the top of the dam. That's when you say, D -d -d that's a dam. Water's flowing, but they have backup. So once they get outside, they're in good shape. And then they try to find a way to climb up, which they're looking at. They, you know, they, this, this is a nice little action sequence. Uh, and it's great with the setting and, and uh, the different layers of action. Bulba takes off. Bulba gets ready. Heads over there. Mayfeld's climbing. Mando says, go faster. You got Fennec and uh, Dune. I mean, Fennec's, like, really effective. But they have their, their squad covered. So he says, climb faster, man. Mando says, climb faster. Then we see Boba's ship coming in. There's a little bit of a race to get on the ship, but you know that they're covered, so it's more of a just a, like pulse pounding, but not heart pounding. Get a couple of good shots of Mando's fresh armor. His ship definitely needs a paint job. They hop on. Uh, they get away, or as they're about to get away, Mayfeld says, "Hey, like, give me that cycler thing," and he takes the base out with this old-fashioned Boba thing, I guess on their truck. I didn't see him back in, but uh, that's it for the base. And the school base goes by. We all need to sleep at night. Bye-bye, base. Uh, then a couple, uh, oh, I guess the same two uh, X, or what are those things called? TIE fighters come. Boba says, strap or hold on. We got company, but, you know, something I can deal with, no problem. So he's getting chased, but he's got that sonic thingamajig, which works great. So he sends that back there, and uh, no more TIE Fighters. Really cool fireworks. And uh, Dune and Shand are like, okay, impressive. They go hike back to the rendezvous point. We got a rendezvous. That's when they say, well, Mayfeld got away. I guess, like, he didn't make it through with the base. That was good work. He can't, him and uh, uh, Dune have, like, they come to, to good terms. Uh, he says, good luck on getting your kid back, Mando. Also, do you see that I got an affinity scarf now? Looks pretty sharp on me. Don't know if he had it earlier. I don't think he had it earlier. He had new clothes, too. He says, sorry, I was a jerk. I was just trying to get some stuff off my chest. Uh, and that's when they let him go. And I said, well, that would be an interesting spot. I mean, I guess Mayfeld's kind of very, must be very, he's made it in so many different worlds that, yeah, he'll, he'll be able to be fine on his own. But it wouldn't be an ideal spot. He said, can you give me, can you slip me like a hundred bucks or something and some and a fake ID, please, uh, or drop me off somewhere? But he's just happy to be free. And then she says, what's our next move? Uh, then we have the takeoff music. Then we see the Moth in the sh Moth ship. Uh, officers call him. They go, boss, you got to see this thing. And this is a really good reveal. The first time I said, that's familiar, but it, this was like really cool. I mean, just such a cool move by Mando, but then to use his words against him. And uh, the Moth sighs at the end, I think. But uh, let's see. They say, sir, you got to see this message. This hologram came in, and it's Mando. He says, Moff Gideon, 
You have something I want. Uh, you may think you have some idea of what you're in possession of, but you do not. Soon he will be back with me, and uh, he means more to me than you will ever know. And Mafia, he takes a deep breath uh, through his nose. Uh, that I mean, that is just, just so cool. Uh, then we get the end plates. Uh, scrap heap is number one. Number two is the dreadnought. Ten, eight, eight, ten, ten wheels on the big rig. Heading out in this one. Then Mando and uh, Mayfeld climbing on board or falling off uh, the dreadnought. Uh, then uh, Shand and uh, uh, Dune, like uh, in action. Then Moff Gideon listening to Mando's message. Uh, then the base, uh, like from above, uh, that's six. Uh, then seven, Mando versus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Pirates, uh, then a shot from behind the dreadnought with another dreadnought going bye-bye. Big boom truck, then a parade, parade skiff, uh, a pair of skiffs, uh, and then a dreadnought, like a convoy. Yeah, convoy, double exclamation point, that's 10. And then 11, them jumping on to uh, Boba Fett's uh, ship. And that's the end of the episode for me, but I'm going to turn things over here to uh, Wendy Marstrap. Wendy? Uh, thanks, Scoot. Hey, everybody. My name's Wendy Marstrap. It's Wendy like the wind in Marstrap. Uh, I wonder how I got my last name. Marstrap, M-A-R, strap, uh, one word. Marstrap, uh, M-A-R-S-T-R-P, Wendy. Wendy Marstrap. Mr. Marstrap, if I was in your world. And I was applying for something. I'd say I'm Mr. Marstrap, yeah. Uh, or if if Dewey started, if there was a funny story where I came to your world and Dewey, my dupet dewback, like went to school like uh, Baby Oso did in this season, I'd say, this is Mr. Marstrap. This is my my child Dewey, the dewback. Uh, do you have, uh, can you fit a dewback? But I mean, Dewey's a smart dewback, but not school isn't wouldn't be good for dewbacks or Dewey. Okay, so a couple of things that, that one thing Scooter said, Dewey, do you mind doing a uh, something that's not from the Star Wars universe for first? And I said sure. So Hess Trucks, uh, the each year they put out a new Hess truck. A couple of people in Scooter's family, but not Scooter, played with Hess trucks and got them. And they've been selling them since 1964, small replicas of their trucks as a thank you for a customer to customers. And the first one sold uh, for $1.39. Uh, 2014 was the final one to be sold at Hess gas stations before they transitioned to Speedway gas stations. Uh, 2015, they're, they're sa- they've been for sale on online. Uh, and Speedway sells them. There have been several non-truck ones. There's been a tanker ship, a patrol car, a helicopter, SUV with motorcycles, a race car with a racer, a helicopter, like truck, uh, 
But yeah, they've been going every year, apparently. Holy moly. Miniature trucks as well, plush toys and limited editions. And sometimes they're donated. They were even a, a toy truck float in uh, from 2003 to 2014. And in 2018 and 2019, Hess Corporation donated Hess toy trucks and STEM education kits to every elementary school in North Dakota. So that's a little bit about Hess trucks. Then Morak, Scooter said, uh, hey, could you tell them about Morak? I said, sure. Let me look this up on the Wikipedia. So uh, it's a jungle planet inhabited by humans. Uh, it's a secret mining hub that we saw uh, nine year nine ABY. That was the year where we were there. And the refinery went bye-bye. So that's a little bit about Morak. I know Scooter wanted me to cover a couple other things. Uh, yeah, but I'm glad you're here with me. It's very nice to be here. Oh, uh, let's see. So Miggs Mayfeld, Fennec Shan. Oh, Boba Fett's ship. That was the last thing I think I'm supposed to cover. It's a Boba Fett ship. It was used uh, in Empire and Mandalorian. And also by his father, Django, in Attack of the Clones. Uh, it resembles the shape of a street lamp, uh, but his inspiration was a radar dish. It's a modified spire, fire spray class patrol craft, uh, according to Wikipedia, produced by Quat Systems Engineering. It's unique in design. It has a distinct engine cluster on which the ship rests when landed, but in flight, the ship rotates 90 degrees so that the top-mounted cockpit faces forward. It has artificial gravity, which reorients depending on what flight mode you're on, stabilizer fins, repulsor, side repulsor lifts to assist with landing. It's only limited production because it's too heavily armored for civilian use, but too underpowered for Quat's home fleet and too reliable for post-sale maintenance business. Django Fett chose the vessel because of uh, its anonymous appearance, but it was heavily modified. And Boba Fett made additional modifications, a uh, secret uh, sensor jamming and masking device that enables the ship to disappear from most sensor systems. And, uh, you know, twin blasters, um, concussion missiles, ion cannons, tractor beam, torpedo launchers. So that's a little bit about that ship. Uh, and let me just see if there's anything else you should know about here. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, Dubax are great. Moff Gideon, Grogu. I think that's it. Uh, so I'm Dewey the Dubank. Uh, whether you're driving a Hess truck or a fire spray ship, uh, I hope you're driving it and getting the rest you need. Good night.